Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That's the beginning of a party right there. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast and video extravaganza known worldwide as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 236. We are back in the studio this week. We're halfway to 300. And halfway to 300, (laughs) and it's nice to be here. Uh, My name is Cruz. My erstwhile uh, co-host and friend is Ian Barry. Uh, We have nothing in common except that we both like to drink and smoke cigars, and you know what? That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That works for me. Uh, Nice to have you guys on with the show this week. We have a special guest in the studio today. He is making his return. We were talking just before we started and realized it's been since like 2019 yeah. that Robert Licorice from Iron Root uh, Distillery was here. So, Robert, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having it's me back. N- nice to have you on. We, uh, It's good that we have you back because I think I've just about polished off all my Iron Root uh, uh, goodies. <laughs> oh, mine's been gone. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I do, so you know how I do, right? I get, I get to where there's only a little left and then I start hoarding it. You know, uh, so I've got I've got all these bottles. My wife is, you know, makes my wife crazy because I have all these bottles with just a little bit left in them in the bar. She's like, "We need space in the bar. Clear some of this stuff out." <laughs> so uh, I do that myself. I get to that last little bit. I'm like, mm, "I'm gonna save that a little bit," mm-hmm. and then I end up with a whole bunch of bottles to do that, and I just wipe them all out at once. Yeah, I'm not like saying. on the same night or anything. <laughs> yeah, but don't you know. pour them together though. That does, that generally isn't a good. Uh, it's experience. called blending whiskey. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Experimental blending. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah, it depends how much you've had as to how good. That Uh, Well, welcome to show number 236, as Ian said, halfway to 300, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers and the people who love them. New designs available now for spring. Check them out. They start at under 20 bucks, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. I am uh, really excited about today's show. Not only uh, do we have uh, Iron Root in the house, and we'll be tasting what looks at, you know, is, is it... Fair to say that some unopened bottles just look more delicious than others. Yeah. Well, that, I think I think that we, one looks delicious. I think we're 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 familiar with what's in that well, bottle. That, we know that, that's that, going to be delicious. That's true. And you brought along some things. Now, we're going to be doing kind of like a deconstruction here. Is that is that what you're uh, planning? Or we are going to be tasting stuff that uh, it's all coming coming soon. Oh, in the next okay. Year, so. Okay. Wow. All this is exciting. Well, I I noticed uh, when Mary set you up for the show, she mentioned that you had some new things coming. So we that do. is very exciting. So. Ian's making a mic adjustment there. That'll work well. Thank you. Um, well, this is exciting then. So we'll uh, we'll be uh, we'll be looking forward yes, to getting an early taster here. That's uh, that's fantastic. So um, uh, big things coming on the show today. We'll be tasting some uh, some interesting beers. We're going to start with a stout. Which we almost never do unless Ian brought that, the beers. That feels <laughs> yeah. backwards. Well, it does, but actually it's the uh, lowest ABV of the three we'll be trying. So <laughs> we like to, we like to step up the ABVs, you know, uh, progressively as we go. But, um, Ian, you're familiar with the quality of stout that Southern Star Brewing in Conroe, Texas I, One makes, of the best right? stouts in existence is the Buried Hatchet. Is buried hatchet. Yeah. Uh, it well, is this, unbelievable. Well, this is something, I don't know if it's new, but I just stumbled across it. It's their pecan stout. It's called Metzley. And it, it's, I hadn't seen it. It's not quite as potent as the... Uh, Buried hatchet, so, yeah, but then buried few hatchet drinks are, right? Comes in at, it comes in at 9 yeah. or 10%. I can't yeah. remember which, but it's pretty high. Yeah. Like, if you go out to the bar and you have three of them, you, you are already having a party. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one comes in at 7 
So we're starting at seven, <laughs> and then we'll move up to seven point five for uh, a beer that we actually had on the show a couple of weeks ago, but we never opened because it was one of those shows where we had like too much to taste. So <laughs> worst the, problem the, ever. Yeah, the Little Beaver Brewery <laughs> Wainbows Hazy Pale Ale makes its return this week, and it's been just sitting in my. Little beer fridge getting even colder, so that's exciting. Uh, and then from Cascade Brewing, uh, we'll step up into that nine area uh, and do their Primordial Noir 2017. It is a bourbon barrel imperial red ale, and it's been Ooh. aged in casks and has cherries and all kinds of other flavoring and stuff. And then, too, and then so. after the nine percent, we're gonna go to a big beer, right? <laughs> See. I, only you, I can start at seven, and you feel like we're not going big enough. That's that's only you. You're you're my only buddy that's like that. But, uh, anyway, oh, but before we do that, I asked Adam to pour us. I have every now and then, you know, I, I like to do a little surprise, uh, oh. and don't and I don't tell you what it is uh, because I want you to taste it before you have a feel for so what exactly it is. So this is a true blind taste test. So this is a well, except for me because I know what it is, but I have not tasted it before. So I wanted you to taste this first, and then we'll tell you what it is. So this is this is something. I think the last time we did that, it was like what was it that Budweiser uh, like special ale or whatever. This I can I can already tell you. This is a hard seltzer. That, so, well, yeah, yeah, you can see that it smells yeah. a little funny too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does have an interesting nose, a, doesn't it? It's got that grapefruit really, mm-hmm. really yeah, big on it. Yeah, it's, it's a big grapefruity kind of thing, and a hmm. and there's a little weird funk to it. Yes, I, I so my take on it is I like the grapefruit up front. Not sure I like the funk at the end. So it's a, it's a bitter kind of thing at the very end of it, but what I like about this is it doesn't have that crappy, sugary... Right, you do, you do uh, that, skip that... that Artificial sweetener taste. That artificial sweetener sugariness, man, that turns me off to every one of those things. Um, but there is something in here that doesn't work. The for me. smell is not the smell is not, not the good best. At all. No, it really isn't. It, it reminds me of my dad used to get grapefruit juice out of cans. Oh, I remember like that. that was in the little bitty cans, yeah. right? The, yeah. the from concentrate yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and when you would pour it out, it's kind of like pouring like a. a, a IPA that uses lots of hot powder, mm-hmm. and like the last part of the pour is way thicker than the first part was, <laughs> exactly. even if you shake it up. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Adam, why don't you hand me that can? Um, can I guess before he oh, does yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Before he hands is it over. Is this Topo Chico? No, it's not. It is, in fact, the Montucky Cold Snack Seltzer. Ha! <laughs> So I thought you know, I would see. They didn't change the can much. No, they changed the color. They changed scheme. the color, but they've still got that stupid horse on there, and and the mountain, and the, and, the, and that's it. Now it's we don't a, know if the horse is stupid. Like you know, we haven't actually you know interacted with the horse. But, okay, fair enough. But man, Montucky Cold Snack is not a good beer. It's not a good beer. So at this all. is Montucky Cold, and it's got snack uh, scratched, scratched out. out. Here. Yeah, show that to and the camera. And it just says hard seltzer. Yeah, so I will tell you, uh, in the scheme of hard seltzers, this is one of the least offensive ones. Other than that, um, the, the uh, other one than that from- little funk in there, like I'd rather have that funk in there than the uh, than the. Um, it does say grapefruit, by the way. If artificial. You look at the- on the side. Sweetener. Yeah. This is not Montucky very cold sweet hard either. seltzer grapefruit. No, it's not. My, no, and I favorite. think that's 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 in its favor. So this I think is far superior than the Montucky cold snack. <laughs> I would rather have this than the Montucky cold snack yes, beer. Yes, for sure. And have you had Montucky cold snack? 
it has been a very long time since I've had a Montucky Chris Cold Hart. Snack. Yes, Chris Hart, our buddy, our, our whiskey expert. Our whiskey expert loves this beer and has tried to get us to drink it a couple times. And every time we're like, ah, oh, it's terrible. Like, and, and neither one he, of us likes it. He kind of forgets that he asked us. And then he'll ask, have you guys tried Montucky Cold Snack? I'm like, yes, remember? We hated it. Uh, it's a, Honestly, I'd rather have a Bud Light than a Montucky Cold Snack. Uh, yeah, I think I think I could go there with you. Like yeah. that Montucky cold snack is not good. This is better than I would have expected, uh, and still not. Now my favorite hard seltzer is still the Oscar Blues, a Dale's. Um, uh, yeah, Oscar the Blues, Oscar the Blues makes right. Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah. They they did one that was very grapey. Remember that we tried in mm-hmm. our. We did a, a hard seltzer blind taste test, Robert, with like twenty one hard seltzers. It was uh, Good night. it was kind of a clusterfuck. <laughs> I learned really something was. that day. Yeah, I really, I really like you beer. Really like beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Oscar Blues is an interesting company because yes. they also have an offshoot company called Reeb, which mm-hmm. is beer backwards, and their mm-hmm. bicycle company. They make like high end. Mountain bikes. They're just such an interesting company, and I, I and I love how so many companies, uh, whether it's craft breweries or or distilleries, have got these extra little angles to them that you might not expect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty cool. So so they have they have such bikes as the uh, Reeb. Uh, one of their bikes is called the Diculus. The Reeb Diculus. One of them is called the Squeeb because it's a uh, full suspension, so it's a squishy okay. Reeb. Yeah, yeah. Squishy <laughs> I like it. Anyway. I like it. Well, that's, uh, anyway, that's pretty cool. So I thought we'd just try that sight unseen today and see what you think of it. But it's not It's not as bad as the this beer. This is actually drinkable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's better than the beer. We need, to, uh, we need to send a picture of that to Chris and say, hey. Yeah. <clears throat> so we, we, I got the, one my, up to you. My wife enjoys... <laughs> Going to you know uh, the beer aisle at the grocery store and seeing if she can put a six pack sampler together of stuff that I haven't had before, and so this came home in her latest six pack, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know. I said I'm just going to save this for the show and uh, and, and take it in. So uh, <laughs> not was a, I, so, what I was expecting in the very first taste here. Today. No, so no. I am intrigued because I've yeah. seen Topo Chico. Now Topo Chico is not all over the. Uh, the uh, the world that's really regional as far as I know. Well, but like, in Texas, I would say Texas probably, and southern states have it. Probably is the best selling mineral water. Yeah, in our area, and, and yeah. so it's you know just carbonated water, and sometimes really like good. I had I had one earlier with a little twist of lime, and it's fantastic. Um, uh, but they make a hard seltzer now, and I haven't tried it yet, but I've seen that it exists. I was on an airline several years ago and picked up the little in-flight magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, thumb to the back, and Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top had uh, given them a drink recipe for what he called the Gibbons, and it was Pura Vida Tequila and Topo Chico. And I thought, boy, that is that is just so like perfectly Texas. Just, oh, like, absolutely they're such right. a, a Texas <laughs> band. Uh, and it also had like a jalapeno and a little bit of lime oh. and <clears throat> some other things. But, kind of uh, a twist but, on a ranch one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I actually made one. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. So, uh, so also coming up on the show today, we will uh, do, of course, drinking news. Our drinking news uh, teaser headline today is "Let's go to the tape." You know, I would always be disappointed if you hadn't brought the ukulele. You know, I could bring a guitar, but the ukulele is just more fun. There's something about it just kind of seems to fit drinking news the best, yes. I think. Uh, also, uh, we will talk a little bit about um, a couple of different items that are in the news, including, I've been trying to get to this, it's now, what, 
June, <laughs> and I've been trying to get to this article about Hop Culture's 20 Best Breweries of 2020. So I think if we don't get to it today, I'm just going to like delete it from my list of, of stories because it's going to be too it's old. It's going to be obsolete by yeah, next month. Exactly. Because so, <laughs> we're mean, working on a 2021 list. Exactly. Uh, so we'll try to get to that today. Uh, we also will be um, going through a new list that just came out this week from our buddies at Cigar Aficionado Magazine. And these are my favorite lists of theirs because whenever they do you know, their top cigar cigar list and stuff. That's all like well and good, but you know, their their top 5 is always like 3 Cubans and a $28 uh Padron. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> it's it's like okay, I get it. These are good. Uh but this list is their 10 top cigars under $10. Now see that's more interesting. Yeah, to me it is. Cuz you got to be you got to be selective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you go spend $28 on a cigar, it better be it good. really better be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no there's no real room for error. You know, with that with that kind of a spend, right. and uh, but but yeah, if you can find a, a great cigar under ten bucks, wow, that's a that that's a thing to talk about. So we'll share that list with you today, and it's a pretty interesting list. I glanced at it; it's not necessarily the usual suspects, so it's uh, so it's kind of, it's going to be kind of cool. So we'll share that as well, and uh, if we have time, we'll get to the um, the rum. Um, well, I'm trying to find the right thing, so I say this right. The San Francisco World Spirits Competition, mm -hmm. pretty big deal, named their top rums. So we'll go through uh, nice. the, the rum thing as well. Have you guys ever thought about doing a rum? I know you're, uh, you're, you know, whiskey centric, but uh, but there are some distilleries that will also do, do a rum too. Would you ever consider that? We've toyed around with the idea <laughs> for for many years now. I think we. Um, Right now, it's probably it's probably a couple of years off still. Uh, it's mm -hmm. one of those things that we like really diving deep in understanding like historical production before we right. take it. Oh, on that's ourselves. that's really cool. That's really cool. Instead of just like, okay, let's slap this together. Yeah, <laughs> let's give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I'd be just like, okay, what are the ingredients? Okay, let's do it. You know, but you, uh, you got to go out into the highest season, be a uh, pirate for a year. Yes, to you really. do. Mm -hmm. Which I, I feel like that's something I should do. Well, <laughs> just so you know, we are continuously in search for the answer to the age-old question. And if you guys ever do distill a rum. And you find this answer, we would love for you to come on the show and share it with us. And that question, of course, is how do you deal with, with a drunken, drunken sailor? sailor? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll try to we'll try to figure that out. Um, Ian, I know you've uh, I haven't seen you since last uh, last week's show. Have you uh, had an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week? I have. And as soon as I figure out where I wrote it, there it is. <laughs> Good to know. I'll let you know all about it. All right. Tell me. So um, I went by the Casa this morning. Uh, oh, there we go. So I was trying to get my keyboard out of the way there. And uh, picked up a few things. And they didn't have anything uh, new that was reaching out to grab me or anything. So I just kind of wandered through mm -hmm. and picked out a couple <laughs> things that uh, that I've seen but haven't tried. And uh, I decided to smoke today the Rocket Patel 20th anniversary. Oh, nice. Now, I had to go back into my notes and see, have I done this one before? He's about to release so. the 30th, you know. I know. I thought yeah. that would be kind of kind of interesting. Um so the 20th anniversary, I, this is the Toro 6x52 box press, uh, Honduran wrapper, binder and filler, or Honduran and Nicaraguan. Um, the appearance on this, medium brown with a slight reddish hue on uh, on the cigar <coughs> head. Uh, black and gold 20th anniversary label. It's a really nice looking label and, um, and a footer with the word natural on it. So this is the 20th anniversary natural. And I don't know a whole lot about them. I didn't read up uh, very much on them, so I don't know if they have a couple different ones or if there's 
just is a natural. I think there is just a 20th anniversary. So uh, I thought so too, but you know, you never know. So uh, the prelite sniff. Uh, oh wait, sorry, I'm going too fast. The smooth, uh, the the tobacco, the wrapper was smooth overall and uh, leathery to the touch. Uh, not very firm overall. It's kind of a squishy cigar by feel, um, which makes me think it's going to smoke pretty fast. Right, a lot it's going to be a little loose and smoke a little fast. It didn't. Oh. Uh, it actually smoked very well overall, and uh, and took over an hour. Uh, the uh, prelight sniff, earthy and sweet leather, uh, some cookie dough, kind of fermented hay, mocha, a little clove spice right off the uh, foot of the cigar. Um, it was very interesting, very sweet kind of overall theme to this, as far as the uh, the nose and the taste went. The uh, prelight draw, I used a clip. It was effortless draw, creamy sweetness. Fruity, a little gingerbread, um, iced tea, uh, those those kind of fermented tobacco um, noses that you get. Um, the initial light, spicy tea leaf, uh, pepper, cedar, leather, earth was what I was getting off of that. The first third, cedar uh, and nutty, creamy sweetness, kind of like a powdered sugar or cookie dough kind of thing. Retrohale was sweet and cedar with a touch of pepper. Uh, flaky ash, perfect burn. You will be proud of me. I did not flick any ash just saying, on myself. Your shirt looks wonderfully clean, so <laughs> it's, it's good I, to know. I recognize the ash was flaky early on, mm-hmm. and I just like I just didn't You're try protected. to yeah, make it a yeah. long ash. Good, yeah. The second third of this coffee and campfire kind of developed throughout here. I don't know why I put an e on the end of the word develop um medium strength uh medium minus strength it wasn't a very uh very big strength cigar strength wise uh pleasant um sweet nutty retro hail about the middle of the cigar flaky ash good burn uh the last third of this um coffee uh nutty cedar pepper ramps up a little bit sweetness persists throughout a slight mintiness kind of developed towards the end of it uh tangy leather on the lips flaky ash good burn Price to quality is an interesting thing on this cigar. Yeah, um, this isn't too cheap, is it? It's it's um, twelve dollars and eighty five cents. Oh, okay, so that's not too bad. Yeah, it's still pretty. But you still pricey. bumped over that ten dollar. It was a good cigar. Yeah, it wasn't thirteen dollars good. Interesting. So I give it a four. Okay. But I do recommend you try it. It's a good cigar. It just if it was a eight to ten dollar cigar would have easily gotten a five but it was mm-hmm. just a little more pricey than what i you, thought you just, like, your expectation level is a little higher it's tough at that price range because there's so many cigars that meet right. or exceed that price range absolutely uh easily on the scale so uh so it gets a four and it's not because it's a bad cigar i just think it's about three dollars more than what i would have wanted so your to suggestion on. might be try it but maybe don't Maybe don't go crazy and buy a whole bunch of them at it's, that price, You know, right? if you like a sweet cigar overall especially, I highly recommend you try it because it might it might end up being someone's favorite cigar. Right. You know, it was really good. <clears throat> yeah, it I just I just wanted a little, little more, more for that price. I you know? understand. I understand. All right, well, I'll tell you about my cigar when we come back in the next segment. Plus, we're going to start uh, doing a little whiskey tasting. Robert, are we going to start with your uh, Promethean, or, or are we going to start with one of these uh, newer things you have? We're going to start with Promethean and, and move our way up from there. Okay, fair enough. And we'll also start with some beer uh, in our first uh, tasting here for beer, the Southern Star Metzli, the Pecan Stout. We'll you mean into that. continue with beer? Well, I, you know. Tasting new ones, this will be uh, the first segment. <laughs> Unless you want to count the Montucky hard seltzer. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> that was a fun spread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I 
Morgan and Tustin. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web and new designs available now. Check them out, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Thank you, sir. I'd like to uh, offer just a quick public apology uh, for last week's show. Oh, as you're a, apologizing? As, as, as I went on there, uh, well, I'm not apologizing for anything I said or did. I okay. did, that however... be like you. I did, however, neglect to pour... Uh, uh, our producer any drinks last oh, week. Oh, so I realize that. well, we'll have to uh, make up for that this so week. So I owe him beers. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, before we get started, Adam, grab grab the mic there. I wanted to. I think we've mentioned this once before, but many people who are regular smoking and toasting uh, fans and know of Adam through the show may not realize that he has his own podcast too. Now it's not about drinking, although I suppose it could be, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's called uh, Tom and Adams. Yeah, Tom and Adam's Midnight Variety Hour. Midnight Variety Hour. And you do once a week, right? Yeah, we do once a week. Try to release it around midnight um, on uh, Friday. So if you want to check us out, we talk about anything from UFOs to chimeras to uh, philosophy, history. It's just like you never know we what have, the topic uh, is going to be. Had, it's yeah, awesome. We've had his, history professors, uh, PhD um, doctors, and mindfulness teachers, and whole bunch of crazy stuff so yeah yeah we talk also talk about sports so anyone interested in football basketball talk about a whole bunch of stuff that's why it's variety hour so yeah. they've, they've actually asked me to be a guest at some point in the future on the show yeah we'll get you on there for and sure. I, I told them that i would do it but i can't do a podcast unless i'm drinking so i mean it's just like you know we've done 230 you know 236 of these now and a, yeah. i've been drinking in all of them so uh, tom, tom is our co-host and he's been very fond of popping the can open before the show starts okay. so we'll, we'll do that little crack so that, that'll make you feel at home if you okay, hear that perfect right? yeah, perfect so. i will be uh, looking forward to it why don't yeah, you pop you that one open and pour while i tell you about the cigar that i had uh, this go weekend. ahead i bought this um oh about a month ago i would say at the humidor in uh, specs uh down in midtown at the big spec store there and uh, i looked at it didn't recognize it and i thought okay this will be something fun and new it is the east india trading company red witch robusto ah so i thought okay this looks really interesting it was very nicely box pressed i thought we'll do this we'll check it out and then as i uh as i pulled it out of the humidor this week because i was like okay i haven't done this one yet let's do this um, it was only as I started looking up information on it that I realized that it's made by Gurkha. Ha! So I got a Gurkha that I didn't know was a Gurkha. Uh, it looked great, but we've made no secret here on the show of our overall disappointment with Gurkha over the past uh, couple of years. Although, in fairness, our it does seem like they've gotten better. But our disappointment with them, I just want to point this out to everybody, our disappointment with them is never with the flavor of the cigars. The cigars taste fine. Right. But they just fall apart. There was a Gurkha that I had reviewed on the show. We should go back and find those pictures. It was the closest thing to the, like, from the cartoons, the exploding Oh, it cigar. looked like that. It yeah, it was really crazy. looked like it had blown up from the center. It was, uh, it was probably the biggest cigar disaster ever in anything that I've reviewed for the show. So... <laughs> I come at this uh, now with a little trepidation, right? Uh, so I'm, you know, knowing though that Gurkha has gotten better over the past couple of years, construction-wise, I was really interested to see what I would think of uh, the Red Witch. The Robusto was beautifully box-pressed, had a dark brown wrapper, what appeared to be really solid construction. Uh, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano, the binder is Dominican, and the filler tobacco is Nicaraguan. This should be right in my wheelhouse yeah so let's see how they did uh the pre-light was earthy 
with a bit of leather and tea leaf I used a punch and I was encouraged uh, because when I used the punch on the top of it the head of the cigar did not crack it did sometimes not crack yeah or fall sometimes that, that happens even if you tried moistening mm-hmm. it a little bit uh, so that was good I lit it up nice little Nicaraguan pepper blast on the first few puffs and then the redwood settled down a bit uh, it had a real distinct kind of a English breakfast tea note huh. to it, which I you like. Know, and most Gurkha cigars are not on the strong side either. No. Medium is about as strong as they generally get. Right, but you got Nicaraguan tobacco in this, so I'm yeah. thinking maybe it'll it'll be uh, you know a little bit a little bit stronger. But uh, um, the English breakfast tea note was actually the dominant flavor for the first half inch or so, along with just kind of a basic tobacco vibe, which that that might sound like it's a negative, but it's not to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I like that sort of basic sort of Cuban tobacco mm-hmm. uh, kind of a vibe. Uh, I worked my way across the first third. I got a little bit of leather, some nice creaminess. The burn was good. Solid ash. My only complaint as I smoked this was the occasional very temporary appearance of kind of a burning paper note. Huh. Uh, it would come and just when I would be going, mm, then I'd puff it again and, and it was gone. So it wasn't like something that really spoiled the enjoyment of the cigar, but I was now I was kind of like on the lookout for it, like uh oh, you know what I mean? Right. Let's let's see what happens with this. And I had not ever noticed that in a Gurkha before, uh, but this one at least was burning well. So okay, you, you know what I'm talking about when I say <laughs> yeah, you got to br- take it where you can get it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though. Like if, if you ever like. Should have taken the cigar band off oh, I've, I've by now, that. but you, you haven't, and the burn line gets down to it, and it just starts to torch a little bit of the paper. It was that kind of a flavor, but again, huh. it didn't last. It just kind of. Now you didn't have a footer on the cigar. You forgot to take <laughs> off. Did no, you? and in <laughs> fact, uh, I was well, still well away from the cigar band, uh-huh. which was a fairly large band, but it, it was at about the halfway point where it would have contacted it, and I wasn't there yet. So, anyway, um, the second third didn't change much. Tobacco, tea. Leather and pepper, all of which would have been outstanding, except that that little burning paper note recurred um, halfway through the cigar. Maybe it's happened like three times. So um, just enough to kind of keep me from being able to fully enjoy the other flavors as much as I wanted to. Pepper ramped up a little bit around the midpoint, which was fine with me. It was really a kind of a solid medium in terms of strength. Uh, and all the way through the final third, the flavors in the red, which didn't change too much, tea leaf consistent all the way through, black pepper, tobacco, a little bit of creaminess as well. The biggest positive surprise for me was the construction. The burn was not razor straight, but it was reasonable, and it didn't need tending even once. Um, there was a nice volume of smoke all the way through. No construction issues of any kind on hey, a that's Gurkha. that's a big positive. So, right. So that's that's a, so I'm wanting to wave the flag for this, right, and go okay. Um, the two main things the Red Witch had going for it were the excellent construction and a reasonable price. It's a 6 to $7 cigar, so it's not like a really expensive one. And for the most part, I really enjoyed the cigar. I'm inclined to think that the burning paper note was, you know, I don't know, maybe a fluke. It never stayed around for more than a puff or two uh, when it appeared. I probably should give this a 4.5 on price to quality. But to be honest, I, I was just so impressed to smoke a Gurkha with no construction issues that I'm going to be generous. I'm going to say a five. <laughs> uh, at 6 to $7. If this has been a $10 yeah. cigar, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable rating it quite that high right. with any you know uh, issues. But you know what? Uh, the, the little paper smell I'm talking about, it, 
it didn't keep me from enjoying the cigar because it was brief and it went away. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. East India Trading Company. Now, here's a footnote to the whole thing. When I went on to research this, and I was looking to see if anybody else had picked up that might have talked about the cigar had picked up on the, the paper note. Uh, I didn't find anybody else that mentioned it. What I did find, however, was that the cigar has already been discontinued. Really? So Gurkha has a potential winner on their hands, and they're not going to make it anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. So anyway, uh, but they have some at Specs uh, in Midtown, and they're not expensive. So if you're in the greater Houston area, uh, check them out. I think you can still find some of them online from the existing uh, stock. But uh, anyway, there's your there's your report on East India Trading Company, Red Witch. And by Red the way, Witch. Red Witch, it was named after apparently the East India Trading Company, which I read... If it were still around today, it would be worth like something like $70 billion or right. something because of how dominant a thing it was back in the day. But I guess the Red Witch was one of their flagships. So that's what it said. Uh, yeah, and just uh, for those of us uh, catching up on it, our price to quality scale is a 1 to 10 scale, 5 being you get exactly what you pay for. You go a little above that, you're punching above the pay grade, and yeah. uh, a little below, you're getting a little less than what you expected yeah. to pay for. So I felt like it was worth 6 to 7. So there you go. It's a 5. There you go. So very good. Robert Licorice is our guest, and uh, we have poured him a little bit of this beer as well. Well, now you're familiar with uh, with the uh, Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So we talked about their Buried Hatchet. Uh, Ian and I would both tell you one of our favorite stouts mm-hmm. that I think we've uh, ever had. Buried and, Hatchet is as good as bre- the Founders Breakfast Stout. It's as good as anything out there. And you mentioned the Black Crack, which is their uh, barrel age. Yeah, mm-hmm. barrel age. So that's a, that's a big thing as well when you can find it. This one, I was seeing it for the first time. Have you seen this beer before? I've never seen this can before. Right, so this is the Metzli. It's, it's an, their pecan <laughs> stout. It's interesting because it's got kind of a, 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 a like an Aztec kind of <clears throat> right. thing going on. I'm assuming that Mez, Metzli is some sort of Aztec or, or yeah, yeah. and uh, then and it's, but it's a word. robot dressed up in it doing some kind of <laughs> some kind of a funky dance there. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. All right. Well, what do you think? Have you uh, sampled this yet, Ian? I have. I want to hear what Robert says about this. Mm, Robert, uh, you've, you've had a sip. Go ahead. Um, so for me, I think the you mentioned pecan. I think the nuttiness comes out quite a bit in it. Um, Especially on the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that It has a drier finish than that, what I was expecting going into it. Um, and I think that's coming a little bit from the pecan. Um, but you got a nice sweetness. It's not heavy on the palate by any means, which, again, stouts, some of the stouts can get syrupy and heavy, especially some yes. of the barrel-aged stuff. I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course you. You like it to be chewy. <laughs> you want that, that thickness to it. So I think if you're going into it expecting like something heavy like to really hang out on the palate, that's not what you, this is more... Again, more Guinness, where it's a little bit more lighter style stout. A little more carbonation yeah. than, than something like the Buried Hatchet, yes. So, a couple quick things. You mentioned the uh, the whole memory thing earlier. When I put mm-hmm. this to my nose, and I took my first sip. Um, pecan, yes. Pecan shell, definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely pecan uh, shell. There was a store right up the road from uh, where I lived in um, Liberty, Liberty, Texas, Texas. okay, mm-hmm. called Louie's. This was kind of a little local legendary store. If you walked in the front, it's right on Highway 90. If you walked in the front, you could mm-hmm. get basically your cigarettes, all your convenience store needs. Uh, you go a little further back, and you get some groceries. When you get to the middle, you can cash your checks and everything else. And if you pass the check cashing booth, then you've got a uh, clothing store, basically. <laughs> so um, a little bit of everything. An outdoor uh 
store. You can buy your uh, cast iron skillets and things like that. You can buy camping needs and things like that. And then as you keep going back, then you can buy your guns and your worms and your fishing rods and and it's it so it important to know where to get your, store. your guns and this your worms. This store was not that big. Yeah. Okay. I'm just it just had everything. Right. right? Kind of crammed <laughs> into one it space. Was, it was there forever. Um, and so the pecan reminds you of Lou's? so right outside the back door. When because I'd always walk up from the uh, you know from oh, coming away from uh, Highway 90, I always walk up and go in the back door, the sporting area. Of yeah. It. But right outside the back door, that they had all these big machines that would shell pecans. Mm. And that's what it smelled like when you walked by. Right. It had that, like, a little bit of that pecan shell. It's the uh, pecan uh, shell, and that, that dryness that you're talking yeah. about is like, if you've ever eaten fresh pecans, you get just a little bit of that shell. It's like an immediate astringency on the uh, and dryness in the mouth, and that's that's what this has. Right. A it's a of. very dry finish. Yes. It's very dry, and it's, and it's pecan, and it's nice. And it's interesting because it's not, like you said, uh, it's not as big and round and big a mouthfeel as I expected. It's probably a hair more carbonated than I actually would like, but yeah, I would at the same that. time, this is a 5% uh, beer as well. Is it five? I thought it was seven. Alcohol, five percent. Five percent. So that's why yeah. we went early with this because it was... and it's a very light. If you want a stout, and I'm using the word stout in air quotes here. If you want a stout that's light and easy to drink, this if, right, is a crushable stout. If oh, you're yeah. at a pool party and you're just hanging out having beers with friends, and but you want to drink a stout instead of, you know, a lager or something light, this is one you can do. Well, this has the same alcohol content as many right. lagers and and. Um, and pilsners and things like mm-hmm. that. So you can you could be drinking big brown beer, and it's quite dark. Um, big brown beer at the same you know crushable five percent. I will admit when I first pulled it out, I was thinking it was a porter, and I was like, no, this is actually a stout. So um, very interesting. It's got yeah, it's got it's got pecan and coffee notes. You mm-hmm. know, um, it does. There's there's a lot of that coffee kind of note to it. And like it as you well. said, that dry finish mm-hmm. is just. Uh, Kind of, kind of what makes it unique, I think, and remarkable. This would be amazing with dessert, like a oh, like, yeah. like pecan pie, something that's a little sweeter, mm-hmm. cheesecake. Because it's not yeah. a super sweet beer, either, right? Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's got a little bit of that uh, pecan shell bitter uh, yeah. vibe on the finish. Is so summer stout, uh, uh, a thing. A summer stout. I don't know. <laughs> I but, think we but might they have, may have started one. it. Yeah, I, I would just, say this would qualify. There's right? also a little brighter overall flavor mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little tanginess to it uh, stuck in there somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. What does it say on a can? It says, uh, according to Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's got a little tanginess to it. You know, you always <laughs> stop there. So it sounds like every week on the show you're saying that the Surgeon General thinks that women just shouldn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> you never go on to the rest think, of the warning. I think we all know that, what yeah, that sentence I is. I think we probably do. So uh, so Robert Licorice is our guest. Robert is with Iron Root. Um, and you guys have uh, obviously been putting out um, um, some really quality juice for a while now. Remind us when you uh, started the distillery? We started back in 2014. Okay. So... We're, I guess, the, the kind of second wave of Texas distilleries. Right. Now, I was going to say, for 2014, it wasn't this, it was definitely not this current wave. Right. Because there's been a lot in the past several years, especially the last year or two before the pandemic, we saw just a ton of new things mm-hmm. opening up and, and it becoming almost, uh, 
you know, almost the hip thing to do to open your own <laughs> distillery. It's like, oh, I've got one of those too. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah I've got one. Uh, but you guys have been at this for a little while before it was quite as, uh, uh, you know, quite as in vogue as as it is now. So, uh, at what point? I know you said you got several new things coming. At what point do you look at your basic, you know, outlay of products and go, okay? It's time to introduce, not just we've come up with something, but like it's time from a marketing standpoint to introduce our next thing. Is it? I guess that for us, it's never been driven by that just because there's so much ADD (laughs) by my brother and myself. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That uh, we're always playing around. Again, you know, we, we, we do a lot with the different heirloom corns and. Mom, she's got the green thumb, so she's always growing new varieties, always playing around. So every year we're laying so you, down. So you guys are actually testing out corn that your mom grows herself. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's so That's cool. That's fantastic. That's so cool. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm just, I was just looking at this bottle of corn here, and I'm like, you know, I bet it makes some great whiskey, but I also almost wouldn't mind putting it in the microwave and see if we could pop it. That <laughs> looks delicious. That you one know? actually will pop if you put it in the microwave. <laughs> I, I love it. So so she has her own little um, farming plot where she's able to try uh, growing different varieties, She right? just started digging up ground all around the distillery and just started planting corn all around so the distillery. Awesome. <laughs> So awesome! I love it. So, like, she might, she might like discover new strains and new varieties all the time, and you guys can can check them out. That's exactly what we're looking for. Again, I think this really started as a kind of discovery process from us from the very beginning, just because so many of these varietals have not been distilled into whiskey, mm-hmm. and through kind of our years of exploration, we've found that some are very similar to each other, and then there's some that are just way out in left field that tend to be the really fun ones. Like we've got. One that's actually a spicy corn, which is kind of a weird thing to say about just corn huh. naturally being spicy. Right? Yeah, you you assume you're going to put like peppers and and uh, spices into it and uh, and serve it up if you're going to call it spicy corn. But if it arrives that way, that's pretty cool. It's kind of fun. I know, and it's been I know it's it's a lot of what's kind of we've based a lot of what we've done on just coming from that French methodology, playing around with different varietals of you know grapes. And then take that over into corn and barley and in such a beautiful Texas way in my mind. Oh yeah, Ma comes in and goes, "Look what I done grew, (laughs) boys! I got me some new corn." And you're like, "We're put it in a pot." Yeah, we're you know, (laughs) we're totally being disrespectful of his mom. We shouldn't do that. Uh, (laughs) So she's wonderful. We've met her a couple times. Actually, she's absolutely wonderful. uh, So So, she can hold her own. You don't have to worry about her. (laughs) So, so tell me about the mash bill. The Promethean, obviously, this is something you guys have been making for a while. Exactly. And uh, tell me about the mash bill for this. What kind of corn are you using in this? So this is going to use, it uses all of our core mash bills, but it focuses more on the flint corn that we use and our low rye mash bill. It does have a little bit of the purple corn, a little bit of bloody butcher in it as well. Um, This one is, it's a Texas only product. So this is one of the bourbons that we only do for Texas. And it's at right at that hundred proof. It's all American oak, so it's give me that sweeter, more vanilla kind of up front, and then has mm. some darker kind of notes on the back end. We love it. Again, we use it a lot at the distillery for cocktail making, um, for old fashions, just because it's strong enough to really stand up in those sorts of cocktails, but not so strong that it's going to overtake it. Really cool. Well, let's have yeah. some. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the only problem I see with that whiskey is that it's not open. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've noticed a number of whiskeys have that problem, but thankfully it's one that can be addressed and fairly easily. So that's uh, that's always good to know. Uh, Robert, uh, while you're pouring, tell me about how you guys uh, during the pandemic. That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> uh, during the pandemic, how did it affect you guys from a business standpoint and being able to uh, get your whiskey? Obviously, bar- so, so many bars were closed that uh, a lot of 
uh, a lot of what you might have had going on normally in terms of getting poured, you know, on locations was uh, was being was being curtailed. How did you guys handle all of this, and and uh, and how did you get through it? We had uh, probably the craziest year that we've ever had on on record for us. So. In February, uh, the Harbinger, the 115-proof bourbon mm-hmm. that we do, was named Best Bourbon in the World by Whiskey Magazine. That's so cool. And, That's <laughs> amazing. And we talked about that yes. on the show. Yes. It was, it was uh, uh, you know, we, we took great pride in being able to say, hey, we had him on. Remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we loved it. Yeah, we're not so dumb after all, you know? <laughs> and so that, that just kind of blew everything up right, <laughs> all right. at once. And right. So, so it helped kind of fuel interest in the whiskey during a time when... You might have otherwise expected uh, more of a downturn because of what was going on with the pandemic. Right? Exactly. And so, I, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, if the pandemic had happened two years earlier, we would have been out of business. Like, there, we would not have survived just because, you know, a lot of when you're starting up a distillery, um, you know, I'd say for the first, you know, six years we were in existence, we were at liquor stores every Friday, Saturday, sometimes on Thursday nights every day tasting people because that's how you get out there to meet and people. get people to try it for the first time exactly. they've never tried yeah because i was going to say you you walk up to the little tasting thing and you get a little sampler of this it's like ooh, you know uh, okay maybe i'll buy something that i wouldn't have necessarily just picked up off the shelf you know without knowing anything about exactly. it. exactly you got a feel for how it tastes so you know how um you know how when uh, I, don't, I don't know if you enjoy chocolate very much Oh no, not like, at all. Most people don't, of course, <laughs> right? That's that's being silly. But do you know how? Uh, so after you eat a, like a really good piece of chocolate, and you have that lingering aftertaste that you just sit and enjoy. Mm-hmm. This doesn't taste like chocolate, but it has that kind of lingering aftertaste. It does. Uh, it, it's, it's very pleasant to just sit and kind it's of. It's a sweet in it. corn and vanilla and and. And a lot of mineral water. Like I love how clean this tastes. Right, it definitely has that minerality on the finish too. And uh, and it just leaves this beautiful sweet finish lingering. It's absolutely wonderful. And I can tell you as a f- uh, statement of fact that cigars and this whiskey love each other. Oh yeah, and that's a that's a very wonderful thing. <laughs> just a very wonderful thing. But it makes sense the the fullness of the flavors. But there's no. Um, there's no flavor that kind of like uh, shocks the palate. Right. It all just kind of rolls together real nicely. And then if you think about puffing, you know, just a nice uh, medium-bodied cigar along with this, it just it just feels like the perfect uh, addition. So, what are, what is a bottle of this uh, selling for right now off the shelf? Uh, generally, right around between forty to forty-five dollars, yeah. typically. Worth every penny. On the store. I was going to say that's a. That's a fantastic price for something of this quality, and it's 100 proof. So, and how many expressions do you have out right now? So we've got uh, three core expressions that we do: the Harbinger XC, which mm-hmm. is the 90 proof. We have Promethean, that's 100 proof, and then the Harbinger 115. And then we'll do special releases beyond that, like the Hubris, which is the corn whiskey, or Icarus, which is the corn whiskey that we age in old Scotch barrels and port casks. That's kind of smoky and really fun. When we first met you, was at the uh, World of Whiskey? Was at 2016? Mm-hmm. I think we uh, talked mm-hmm. about that earlier. Um, you had three expressions. I think you I had think Harbinger, right, yeah. you had Promethean, and you had the Hebrus. Uh, Hebrus. Yeah. Yes, the, the big corn whiskey at the end. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh yeah, um, and we absolutely, absolutely loved it. Now, uh, as the show progresses here, we're going to try several other things. I noticed you've got them labeled on the top here. Mm-hmm. Uh, are these going to be limited releases, or are they uh, 
Uh, is it possible that some of them would become additions to the core line? Uh, so the the very first one that we're going to taste is going to be called Saint Sally. So it's actually a collaboration brand that we do with um, a gentleman named Chris Trevino. That's a he's the liquor hound on YouTube. Okay. And it's actually a blend of different whiskeys, including ours, that we do finishing in like Armagnac or there's another one that's going to be a port and cognac, and all of those are going to be full line available all the time uh, cool. whiskeys that are going to be coming cool and the last two are going to be special editions that we'll be doing again generally on um, once a year or so they'll be fine to release all right well i'm looking forward to getting to those and uh, also we have as uh, i think we mentioned uh, more beer on the way including the little beaver brewery Wainbows hazy pale ale and the primordial noir the bourbon barrel imperial red ale from Cascade Brewing. So let's take a quick break and we will return. Smoking and Toasting, your show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits like this, and hand rolled cigars. We'll be right back. So good. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 236. By the way, our, our bumper music, I feel like every now and then we should tell people what those are because the bands are, and the artists are so kind as to allow us to use uh, that music because unless they allow it, you know, we get like mm -hmm. flagged by YouTube and all that stuff. But all the music we use on the show is uh, music that we have permission to use. And that little uh, guitar riff there on the beginning of that's from a band uh, from Austin, Texas. I think they relocated to Austin from like Milwaukee or someplace. But uh, they are uh, now in Austin. They're called Squint, and you should check them out because they're a good, uh, good, fun uh, rock band. You'll you'll enjoy them. So, uh, welcome back, and we are uh, in the studio with Robert Licorice. Robert is, uh, you know, the the big cheese at uh, uh, at Iron Root uh, Distilling, and uh, Robert, what is your official title so I get it right? Uh, big cheese. It probably doesn't say that on your card, right? I know my brother calls me the Glad Gladhander. So the Glad I think Okay, he's he's the head distiller. I'm technically the president, but. Uh, no one elected me, so I don't know if I. <laughs> My guess is that you are uh, the guy that enjoys coming out and talking about the whiskey and doing things like this, and he's probably the guy that would rather be in the laboratory. Yeah, he's the tinker for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Thank well, you for good. saying laboratory. Uh, isn't, isn't that a great word? <laughs> that's great. It's just a great word. It's 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 how Vincent Price says uh, laboratory, yes. laboratory, and it's just it's just an awesome word. Uh, so you mentioned that several of the things that we're going to taste today here are uh, things that are coming that are mm -hmm. not out yet. Is this one of those now that's not out yet? This is. So this is coming in July okay. this year. So we've got. So that's only a month away now. Yeah, we're we're. Uh, as soon as the bottling line is up and running, this will be in its full official bottles and everything. So it's pretty exciting is, right now. Uh, this smells like uh, uh, cinnamon and corn and mineral water. Ooh, <laughs> it certainly does. I like it already on the nose. And this is a collaboration you mentioned with uh, a uh, popular whiskey guy on YouTube, correct? Correct. Uh, Chris Trevino, he lives out in Fort Worth. He's one of those guys that has one of those crazy, crazy collections of whiskey. You know, 2,500 bottles. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, at some point you get – see, I, my friend Warren Christensen is like that with wine. He's got so much wine that he had to rent a uh, – like a, a, a storage – a climate-controlled storage facility to house his wine. I'm like, Warren, if you stopped buying wine now, there's more here than you could drink for the rest of your life. And he's like, and? 
<laughs> I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. So I, I'm guessing uh, that he's probably a bit like that. He yeah? is definitely one of that. He started collecting back in like 05. And so he's man, back in the day, he was able to get some really crazy bottles, like <clears throat> stuff from 1914, stuff that's like non release stuff out of Kentucky before Booker's was a product. They just wow. gave it away, and he's got bottles from when that era. I love of the good old days. <laughs> I love the good old days. <laughs> so, so tell me, uh, when? when you're collaborating with someone like that, what do they bring to the table? Obviously, the ability to, to promote it, but in terms of the juice itself, what do they bring to the table? So Chris has one of the best palates of anybody that we've kind of run across over the years, and uh, he's always someone that we've wanted to work with on on a project just because the just the historical knowledge he has about whiskeys from the 40s and 50s and 60s and the ability to taste all those it was kind of the thought for saint sally was start to try to bring back some of those older flavor profiles and mm -hmm. uh, and then also kind of play around with some special finishes that mean a lot to us at, at iron root which is again we have this i mentioned all the time the french connection and spending time over there we fell in love with some of the a little bit more esoteric style of products that come over there and mm -hmm. so Armagnac, which is becoming a little bit more popular now, yes. um, is one of those things that we fell in love with from the very beginning. And so this is supposed to showcase a lot of those uh, Armagnac-type flavor profiles because we use ex-Armagnac cast to kind of blend everything into. But we're able to pull out, because of the type of cast that they use in, on, in certain Armagnacs, to pull out some older flavors uh, that you don't get in modern bourbons. Well, this is, um, you've got some of the flavors that you do. I mean, it's got mm. like that cinnamon blast, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this has definitely got a cinnamon blast. But the So a couple things. Uh, first off, this has this is not uh, shy on the heat. And it's right no, there in the middle of the tongue. What is the proof on this? This is 100 proof, too. So you're going oh, wow. the, the so, same exact proof between the two. But, but it's, it feels stronger, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's treated differently. <laughs> it's a little stronger tongue. There's also a hint of leather kind of in the very back mm -hmm. of this that I get that's uh, that's real nice and interesting on the aftertaste as I'm well. Really, I'm really envious of guys like you were talking about, uh, Trevino, that has you know such a great palate. Because when I talk about my palate, I'm reminded of this... Um, uh, Peanuts cartoon that I saw once with uh, Linus, and he's sitting at his desk uh, in class, and he says, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. And in the last panel, he looks like kind of at the camera and says, it's art appreciation class. And that's kind of how I am with, uh, with the whiskey. It was like, man, I don't know, but it sure is good. You know? Well, maybe, maybe we have to change our titles to whiskey appreciators. Yeah, well, I can tell you this. I appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, no, but it really—it's got such a great, like, um, a great way that the flavors kind of dance on the palate, and and you get uh, the minerality on the finish, but the 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 cinnamon and that that warm heat just mm -hmm. kind of comes in from the very beginning. It's—I uh, don't know, Ian. What's your take on this? That's uh, I'm for it. Whiskey good. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey good. No, it's, I, I love this. This has this has that same minerality that the. Uh, that the last one had, mm -hmm. but the I, I just can't get over where the heat is on this. Right at the, right at the middle of the uh, middle of the uh, palate, and just sits there on the tongue, mm -hmm. and in a very pleasant way. Yes, absolutely. It's now, not a. It's not a like <coughs> smooth. Right. It's, you know, it's it's right there on it's the not, tongue, and it's, it's not it's Jaeger. Like, it's like when you uh, when you have something that's got a little spice or a little cinnamon spice or something, and it just leaves that right there in the middle of the mm -hmm. tongue. Now, uh, this, you said, is coming out in about a month from uh, now. And uh, what would a bottle like this be likely to retail for? Uh, right around $50. Wow. 
That's pretty awesome. <laughs> this, see, this is the start of a collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many does he have? Thousands? He, he has thousands of bottles. Wow. Well, Ian, if if anybody I know can hope to catch up, it would be you. Well, I don't have I don't have that many. <laughs> you got, know what the problem with my collection is? Yeah? I drink all of my whiskeys. Yeah, like, see, I don't that, have any unopened. That keeps it that keeps it from collecting. And if it is unopened, it's not because I'm collecting. It's because I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, and and you will, <laughs> and you will. Well, this is good. I will definitely be adding some of this uh, to my collection once it is out. It's uh, it's fantastic. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back. Uh, drinking news is on the way in a segment or two, and also we're going to in the next segment we're going to be getting into this list of uh, the top cigar for under 10 bucks from uh, Cigar Aficionado. Plus, we have more whiskey to taste. And uh, coming up next, the uh, Lil Beaver. I've finally just given in. I'm just going to say Lil. I, I didn't, for a Lil long time, Beaver. I really resisted the L-I-L word. But because there's like, you know, Lil Wayne. 84 rappers and uh, and uh, music artists Lil. that are Lil one thing or another. But uh, uh, if they really want to be Lil, I'll let them be Lil. And uh, Lil Beaver Brewery has uh, Wayne Bowes. The Hazy Pale Ale will be tasting that next on Smoking and Toast. And we'll be right back. Lil. I just don't get it. Why would you want to be Lil? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smoking and Toasting. It's the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, and we want to encourage you to support them. They have great products, first of all, but secondly, they're a supporter of the show. So if they support us, we would appreciate you supporting them and making sure they know that you appreciate them uh, doing that. Because after all, somebody has to pay for these beers. That's true. You know? <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's, I'm just saying. So, um, <clears throat> Great article in Cigar Aficionado, you know, sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I place a little more faith in their reviews than than others. Uh, but I do like the way they do their reviews because they um, they take the bands off the cigars, they buy them, they don't get them sent to them, you know, by uh, companies looking for promotion. They buy them at retailers, and uh, they take the bands off, and they have their uh, their team, uh, you know, smoke several samples of the same one and give a rating number. And all of the cigars uh, on this list today are under $10 suggested retail price. And all of them scored a 91 or above when they were reviewed this last year That's in awesome. Cigar Aficionado. So these are all these are all big, big winners. And we start with the Oliva Siri V Double Robusto. Love those. By the way, speaking of Oliva, Trenton from Oliva will be on the show uh, in super about a week. Excited. So we're super excited about that. That's going to be awesome. So uh, this one scored 91 points. It uh, lists at $9.10. And the Siri V or Siri 5 is the original blockbuster smoke from uh, Oliva. And cigars. always a great price, too. <clears throat> yeah, it really is. It's one of the things that I love about Oliva. Their cigars are not like priced into the super premium heavens yeah. and then they came out with a budget line which is the Gilberto Oliva mm. series and those are really good and they're even less Yep. so uh, so I, I recommend them highly but yeah the Serie V pretty good 
pretty darn good. The Macanudo Inspirado Green Toro from the Dominican Republic also comes in at 91 on Cigar Aficionado's uh, ratings list. Uh, it retails for $7.49. The Inspirado brand has expanded into different lines and blends over the years, and the Inspirado Green marked the first time that they used a Brazilian uh, Arapacara wrapper for Wait, a the Brazilian. Brand. How many is that? What do you mean? Uh, a Brazilian. Is that more than a million? Oh, I think it is a Brazilian. Yeah, a Brazilian, I think, is more than a million. Uh, it's a full-bodied cigar. So I often I often avoid Macanudos because they're generally a lighter-bodied cigar, and yeah. I generally want something with a little more oomph to it. Uh, but you may remember I, did, I reviewed the Inspirata Red on yeah. the show in this last year, and it was just fantastic. So I have not had the Inspirato Green. But uh, I may have to try it after this. Macanudo makes great cigars. Uh, uh, they're off my radar for the same reason, really, mm -hmm. is they're they're always there, and I always want to try stuff that's a little bit bigger, generally. But what's really interesting about this Inspirado Green Toro that made this list is Cigar Aficionado goes on to say in their description that this Toro is the most powerful smoke on the list. The huh. the one that's the fullest of the entire list. Is a Macanudo. Wow. I would not have expected that. Okay. Uh, Alec and Bradley's Kintsugi Corona Gorda from Honduras scored 91 points. It's $7.25. You may remember I, I smoked one of these and talked about it on the show uh, a few months back. I liked the Kintsugi very much. Uh, it's sponsored by, uh, inspired rather by an ancient Japanese art form where broken pottery is repaired with gold or silver to enhance its beauty. And uh, it's from the sons of Alan Rubin, who's the owner of Alec Bradley Cigars. Uh, Honduran wrapper, two binders. One from Honduras, one from Nicaragua, and fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. And uh, I remember liking it very much. My wife would appreciate that, the yeah. naming on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kintsugi? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, the next one is a Vega Fina 1998. Now, I've had Vega Finas before. I kind of have a tendency to put them in the Macanudo or the sort of lighter Romeo and Julieta mm -hmm. category. Uh, but this one is the 1998 VF52. It's $9.30. It's from the Dominican Republic. It scored a 92. And here's what they say The milder Vega Fina brand has been popular in the European markets for many years, generally due to its competitive price point. But it was originally a European exclusive. This is a stronger line. The Vega Fina 1998 was made available in the U.S. market last fall. An Ecuadorian Havana wrapper, Indonesian binder, and fillers from the DR, Nicaragua, and Colombia. And they liked this, gave it 92 points. So, not bad. That's pretty uh, The Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real Porto Real, uh, it's from the Dominican. It's got 92 points on the scale. It's $8.81. Uh, and it's both the longest and thinnest smoke on the list, they say. Cloaked in a light Ecuador, Connecticut wrapper. Uh, it is a medium-bodied smoke bursting with notes of honey, assorted nuts, and red pepper spice. Then we have the Nat Cicco, or Cico, C-I-C-C-O. I don't know how to pronounce that. Do you? <clears throat> the Nat Seco, CCO. It's the Casino uh, Casino Real Double Toro. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. Uh, 92 points, $5.79, least expensive one so far. Uh, it's made with a wrapper the color of milk chocolate. It's a grande and has the distinction of not only being the biggest cigar on this list of 10, uh, but also the most affordable. The only one with a price less than $6. Uh, it scored 92 points. So Nat Seco. C-I-C-C-O, Casino Real, 
Double Toro. The Cloud Hopper from Warped Cigars, uh, the Cloud Hopper number 53, uh, at $6.95, also scored 92 points. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, uh, chock full of sweet and nutty notes of gingerbread fudge and baking spices. That sounds good. Um, a couple more. The Charter Oak Cabano Lonsdale, a Nicaraguan cigar at 92 points, $6. An offshoot of Foundation Cigars Original Charter Oak brand. Uh, and it is uh, one that is made by some guy named A.J. Fernandez. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've had some of the Charter I don't, Oak. I don't know guy. what he's doing on this list. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. Uh, The Arturo Fuente Hemingway Short Story from the Dominican Republic, scoring a 92 and weighing in at $7.35. Obviously, this cigar has been around for decades. That's one uh, of the cigars that got me into smoking cigars. Consistently, consistently superb and wrapped in a Cameroon wrapper. Uh, one more, the Herrera Esteli Habano Lonsdale Deluxe. It is a Nicaraguan cigar uh, made at the uh, La Gran Fabrica factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, and it was blended and named after blended by and named after Willie Herrera, the master blender for uh, uh, for Herrera Esteli. Uh, Ninety three points, nine dollars and twenty eight cents, and it says a medium to full bodied smoke, full of leather, walnut, molasses, cookie, and cocoa. That sounds I'm delicious. I'm going to have to get one of those. Yeah, that sounds delicious. <laughs> so there's your 10 under 10. You can see the uh, the full list on Cigar Aficionado's website. And uh, that, that was fun. I enjoy sharing those lists. Uh, it's absolutely fun. So, Ian, this is Wayne Bowes. Talk to me. So, Wayne Bowes, um, I expected actually a bigger... Uh, <clears throat> I expected a bigger everything out of this. Uh, and it's pleasantly light. It is fairly light. And crisp and delicious. Um, it's well-balanced. Um, it's uh, uh, it's got a lot of carbonation, but it kind of works with. I it. started to say it's a little too carbonated, and then I thought, no, you know what? It actually kind of works with this. It's Citra Cascade beer. and Mosaic hops, uh, but the balance of them, it's not it's not like uh, a, a biting into a grapefruit by the peel. Um, it's actually pretty gentle overall. Mm-hmm. It smells a lot hoppier than what comes across the. Palette, well, I you're think. right about that. On the nose, it's very hoppy. So it was kind of like my first sip of this after after I nosed it. My first sip of this was a little shocking uh, in that it wasn't as big as I was expecting. <coughs> right, absolutely. You see that hazy name, and you're expecting something that's that. Big. I expect kind of orange juice, right. yeah, right, and 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 very thick uh, uh, in the in terms of the mouthfeel. And this is a thinner, more almost like a lager kind of a mouthfeel, yeah, light and crisp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's very good. Wayne Bows. And did we show the can? Yeah, this by is the way? definitely on the uh, lighter side of things. Yeah, the can has this kind of uh, purple and black backdrop of some paisley-looking things, mm. uh, but on the front has a uh, <clears throat> has a uh, glass with the rainbows coming out from it. Very nice. Well, it's so much experimentation going on in the pale ale and the IPA uh, section right now. So it's it's nice when somebody. Gets one that isn't just okay. Here's a hoppy, you know, uh, hazy beer. This Boom. is but, but they face. do it. But yeah. they do a nice. This, yeah, this uh, is nice well balance. crafted. This is well balanced, and that's you know you know how I am with IPAs. If it's if it's not balanced, I don't have a whole lot of use for it. This is well balanced. I'm this not sure good. what classifies this as a pale ale. It doesn't actually say India pale ale. So I don't know. They say hazy pale ale. This is this is I like don't know the where light you side cross of an over IPA. Into, yeah. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I, that gray line is probably fuzzy on both sides. Well, yeah, because to me, so. if you yeah. get a Sierra Nevada pale ale, that tastes like an IPA to me. Like it doesn't taste different from 
the sort of classic IPA flavor profile. Uh, yeah, well, that's like the distinction between a cream ale and a blonde ale. It's just like on the palate. Uh, right, I right. just don't know yeah. a whole uh, lot. What did the brewery feel like calling it that <laughs> day? Exactly. <laughs> and, and maybe it's a, a good marketing thing to not be just another IPA because there's so many of them. Well, out. we have today we have a summer sessionable <laughs> stout. Right, so it's all about uh, things that you might not expect. And a sessionable hazy. Yeah, <laughs> and a right. we got a theme hazy. today. Uh, right. Well, I, I think, we're, I we're think though, it. that once we get to our final beer, it will not be quite so sessionable. I don't sessionable. know what the uh, uh, ABV on this one is, though. It doesn't have it on the label at all. I think I looked it up, and I want to say that it is 7.5. Yeah. So. If it's 7.5, it's surprising. Right? Yeah, yeah, I believe that's right. So, um Let's talk uh, whiskey. Let's go back and talk uh, Iron Root. Uh, we've, of course, had the Promethean. We know we love that. We had this new uh, collaborative project that's coming out. Tell me the name of that one again. It's called Saints Alley. Saints Alley. Mm-hmm. All right. And that is coming out in about a month. So now we're going to try something that is more of a uh, more of a limited release, correct? This is going to be more of a limited release. Uh, it's a project that we did, again... I guess this is kind of the year of collaborations for us, and so this is another one of those. Um, okay. So this is something that we did with the Tupps Brewery up in McKinney, Texas. They they do a lot of like the really intense double IPA, triple. We've IPA. had we've had some Tupps mm-hmm. on the yeah. show before. And so they um, they're about forty miles from the distillery, and so they actually brought one of their mash bills that they actually brewed at their site. Again, sans hops, so no hops. Mm-hmm. Didn't add any yeast. We just had sugar water, and we transferred just the mash we got. Transferred that up to the distillery, added our yeast, fermented it, distilled it at, at our distillery, and then distilled it into a whiskey. Um, and so, is that where this came from? So, right? Yeah. For for a lot of people listening, uh, if you're not familiar with distilling slash brewing, it all kind of starts the same. Mm-hmm. You much. know, you're you're basically you're gonna uh, take a bunch of. Um, malt uh and you're gonna crack it and then you're gonna heat it up to a specific uh a specific temperature and hold it there for mm-hmm. a while to extract the sugars and then you have what's called wort and that's where all of this starts mm-hmm. exactly adam you want to pass yours over and i'll get you a little of this uh so this is going to be the first or the first thing anyone's tasted from us that's not <clears throat> mostly corn so this is going to be interesting uh, this sem- is the malt bill yeah. that you were talking so about it's earlier. It's 70% malt, 30% wheat. So it's super interesting. Also, this. something super crazy and not so, very common. <laughs> so I was going to say, we're expecting a very different flavor, flavor uh, profile, man. Oh, yeah. And this is also aged in new oak. So it's not going to be like a scotch at all, but it's going to be kind of its own kind of weird, unique thing. But by mm-hmm. definition, it is mm-hmm. a single malt. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's not because it's not entirely 100% malt. So oh. it's a, so it it's a malt whiskey. But I thought it was malt was just had to be the uh, uh, the bulk of the mash bill. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a malt For whiskey. Scottish Scottish rules. It has to be 100. Uh, okay. Now okay. the U.S. rules we've got we're kind of chaos on on the rules when it comes to malt. Interesting. Um, but. Uh, for us, I guess this technically would be malt whiskey under the U.S. rules, but um, but it would not qualify as a single malt under Scottish rules. So on the nose, this is my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. Just really love what this gives you. Just a a, a real uh, uh, sort of a bourbon richness to the uh, nose. It's also four mm-hmm. years old too. So okay, it has a little bit of a maple syrupy kind of thing on the nose. Uh, yeah, on the palate, it is more like a single malt mm-hmm. scotch, though. Very much. You know, uh, and the and then 
from the nose, I got more of that bourbony vibe. Mm-hmm. But but once you actually taste it, um, the malt shines. Yes, through. it really does. It kind of reminds you of uh, some of those uh, some of the single malt things that I love so this much. This is really really good. It really is. <laughs> like it's just spectacular. So uh, say the name of the brewery again that you uh, collaborated with. Tups. Tups. That's so- right. Right. This will come out when they, they're actually going to be opening up <laughs> a brand new brewery in McKinney um, just off of downtown. I think it'll be, they're about to break ground on it from, from what I hear. And so this will be kind of when they open up their new brand new facility kind of released in conjunction with that. So, but they aren't, will they sell this at their brewery as well? Um, we probably, again, we might transfer a few uh, barrels down there because they're talking about having a small distillery at the location so we yeah. might actually send it down there so they have it there Fine. too this makes me think of breakfast cereal you know it? yes it really does almost breakfast like cereal cookie like... jarvis or whatever that stuff was what was cookie jarvis's cereal was uh, i guess it was uh, like cookies and cream or something cookies and cookie uh, crisp cookie something? crisp, cookie that crisp. What it was? yeah that's what it reminds it was. me a little of that that was a good mm. cereal I, I don't think it had a single nutrient in it but it was delicious <laughs> neither did this is so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember watching some show a while back, and there were uh, there was some funny thing about like a new cereal coming out, and they were like, "Why don't they just call it Sugary Sugar or <laughs> something like that?" <laughs> well, I don't know. This is you say this has no nutrients, but is malt not a nutrient? Is this that, has it such an interesting <laughs> such an interesting aftertaste. Oh, it's so good though. Uh, like, and, and the heat is further back in the palate. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same kind of heat that we had. In the last one, but it's moved back towards the back of the palate. So, so we've gone through this strange progression today, starting with the uh, Promethean, where there's almost no heat. Like that right. thing, that thing just, mm-hmm. just washes down like ridiculous. And then the second one we tried, uh, the heat was right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not ashamed to be a little bit hot. And then this one, the heat is uh, towards the back of the palate. And this one's 124 proof. Well. This one has still some of that uh, minerality to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All of them have really but had that, a nice minerality. But that, uh, but that malt roundness is so good. And there's a little bit of spice in there, like a little, um, almost like a baking spice kind of thing going on. And you said new oak barrels you, uh, you finished? Right, so thing? you're seeing that, that spice coming from that tannin side mm-hmm. of everything, the tannin from the oak. Man, uh, this, is, this is one of those, you know, some whiskeys you're like, Okay, that's really good. You're savoring the flavor. This one, you do that, and then it says, "Take another drink." I, what I like this to is, call the Doritos effect. You know, <laughs> this does not have as much like vanilla flavors and things that mm-hmm. I would expect. And that's usually something I'm almost. But I guess the new for. oak is is because but of I like, re- usually I get really the vanilla like and the things like that when you have a charred oak barrel. Right? Exactly, and well, and this is it is charred, but it's gonna be very low char. Very low so char. you're looking char one. Some sort of heavy toast profile to the barrel. So the vanillin extraction on this guy is actually fairly low um, so that you're not going to get that big vanilla bomb out of the, these particular yeah. barrels. This is a little more cinnamon toast crunch. Mm-hmm. Thinking about this with one of those Perdomo champagne cigars. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The ones oh, yeah. that come in the yellow wrapper? Oh, it would be so good. That would be fantastic. Oh. So yeah, you guys are the first. This is the first public tasting of this particular whiskey. Wow. So well, we we are honored and we like it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ma, I made it big. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, this, this I think this may be my favorite of the batch mm-hmm. so far. So good. We got one more to try, but uh, we will get to that. Not only will we get to that, by the way, we will get to one more beer and we will get to drinking news, which somehow, against all odds, 
has become one of the most popular features of the program. <laughs> but then again, when you have five it's listeners, song. only three of them have to like it for it to be one of the most popular, uh, most popular thing. And I think you're right. I think it's the song. So Drinking News is next, and uh, we'll do some more tasting. I'm excited for whatever you've saved for last, because we've, we've been doing awfully well here in the first few tastings. Smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our radio program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by the fine folks at MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Yes, and Ian, I think you know... Oh, no. Um, Robert, I'm going to ask you to do something special for us here. When I cue you, I would like for you to say... I had to take my gator to the vet. Can you do that? Had to take my gator to the vet. All right, perfect. All right, you ready? It's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Can you imagine the vet like when you come in with an alligator? <laughs> oh, boy. And a missing arm. <laughs> hey, I grew up in Liberty. I've actually had a gator in the yard. Okay, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, and, and in Florida... Which is often the location of many of our drinking news stories. Gators are pretty common. They'll show up in your swimming pool. You know, they just wherever you are, a gator is not far away. Now, it's a heck of a just, way to ruin a weekend. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Uh, drinking news, as we like to remind you folks, uh, these are stories that we believe to be true. We've gotten them from at least semi-reputable uh, sources. Uh, they are not always about drinking, although they are sometimes. But they are generally best enjoyed when you've been drinking, and if you're drinking some of this, uh, some of this, what is this mm. one called again? It's called the. We, we don't have an official name for it. Oh, it's okay. called the Tubbs Collaboration. The, the Tubbs moment. Collaboration. Okay, so this will have a name by the time it comes out. It's called uh, Yummy. It's called Yummy. Uh, anyway, you know, you know, these are best enjoyed whiskeys, when you are drinking. Some whiskeys are called Rot Gut. This one's called Yummy Tummy. <laughs> yeah, Yummy Tummy. I like it. <laughs> All right, drinking news, ladies and gentlemen. A Florida man. <laughs> you always love it when the story starts with that, I've right? I got a story and I swear it's true, so now it's time. Drinking news. A Florida man ended up in jail after his dashboard camera showed police more than he intended. <laughs> Xavier Moran, who was 25 years old, was involved in a crash on April 5th, and when he told the sheriff's deputy that he'd been cut off by another vehicle, he said he could prove it. With his dashboard camera, that he was not at fault in this uh, this uh, accident, somebody had cut him off. This is all according to the Palm Beach Post. So he then signed a consent waiver for the police to search the camera footage. But when the Palm Beach County Sheriff's deputy reviewed the footage, they saw a little more than Moran should have shown them. Authorities say the video showed Moran parking outside a Sally's Beauty Supply store 
taking a baseball bat from his trunk and using it to break in the glass door of the store <laughs> and rob it. <laughs> oh, boy. The uh, <clears throat> icing on the cake here is that records show that three days prior to this incident, Mr. Moran was arrested for threatening to shoot his brother with an assault rifle and pistol. All of this proves with virtual certainty that Florida is pretty much another country. And drinking that's news, your drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. I, I want you to know, by the way, that when, I, when I'm getting things ready for the show... You know, I usually do the show notes like a day or two before the show, uh-huh. and I, you know, I'll, I'll choose, a, a, you know, some beers, uh, a spirit if we don't have a, a spirit, you know, guest on. Uh, you know, I'll uh, look and research news and new information from cigars and, and and spirits and the world of craft beer. But the thing that takes me the longest is tracking down the drinking news story. I, I want you to know because I appreciate the amount of effort that you put into all that you do, <laughs> and. And so, for my preparation for this show, right? Because you did sure, the prep for last week, right? Well, no, let's 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 exclude last week. But okay. for for every show generally, where you end up doing all this prep work, uh, my preparation and my hard work and dedication involves mm-hmm. doing absolutely none of that because I want my reactions to be pure mm-hmm. and true. And so I are. work really, really hard, right, at paying. Not a lick of attention to any kind of drinking news. That's good to know. Or or, or anything like that. Well, that's good to know. In the meantime, I'll eventually run dry, uh, no pun intended, uh, on, uh, on drinking news stories. Because while there are plenty of stories of people doing something stupid, I like to at least find something that I think will make you laugh. Because if you laugh, I feel the drinking news has been a success, right? Yeah. <laughs> I revisited recently, by the way, the first, the debut of the drinking news song happened yeah. to coincide with uh, with the story about the man who grew a penis on his arm. Oh, that was one of the greatest drinking news stories ever. I missed that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's worth revisiting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, it, it was. That's one of the greatest I think drinking it was news like stories episode ever. Episode two hundred and ten, or somewhere in that neighborhood. And it but... really, it really set a far too high of a bar for drinking <laughs> news stories. I will say, because those just don't come along every day. It's all downhill, downhill from there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, but so I'll go on, you know, uh, the internet, and I'll, I'll, you know, Google Florida man, and you get stuff like, you know. Florida man, you know, beats his wife with a shotgun. It's like, come on, that's not that's not a good drinking that's news story, news. right? Yeah, drinking news stories needs to have some kind of comedic, some sort of crooks <laughs> or stupid kind of a element to it. So, anyway, uh, I do think I have one uh, for next week, and it involves a Danish journalist who had sex during an on-air interview. Nice. I'll just give you that little teaser right now. That is now. a bold strategy. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to, uh, thanks to uh, Mary for tracking down next week's <laughs> drinking news. Uh, speaking of tracking things down, I haven't given you the uh, the beer yet. I haven't seen anything. Uh, let me pull it out of here because let me tell you, this is this is what we call a thing of beauty. Uh-huh. For those of you uh, who are only listening, Josh, um, there is actually <laughs> a beam of sunlight coming down mm. from the sky to... Light this bottle. I appreciate. Up. And by the way, I don't know if there's really any logic to why a brewer will put a champagne-style uh, cork and the the little cage uh, element on onto a bottle, but something about it just says you're in for something special, doesn't it? 
I mean, that is a lot of extra effort. To, right. To, to put and it's more expensive. Yeah. I mean, they could have just capped that or done the wax thing. Uh, but no. Ugh, the there's wax. something. Oh, oh yeah. The wax thing drives me a little nuts, I have to say. Uh, we get great sound effects out of this, though. Almost. Close. Just it's coming. Bad. Yeah. And. It's like super long. Oh. Ooh, that was there a nice one. It wasn't yeah, look loud. How long that is though. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't loud, but it was extra going. special. So yeah, that that uh, was a fun pop. This one's so called Primordial Noir. Primordial, Primordial Noir, right? Noir. And now, uh, so like uh, film noir is one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite things in terms of uh, entertainment. Like I love those old, you know, black and white detective type uh, noir movies. So primordial noir, I mean, that's just loaded with possibility, you know? Uh, but that's what uh, that's what these guys are all about. We've had Cascade Brewing's stuff. They're out of Portland, Oregon. We've had the, their stuff on the show before. And it has always been exceptional. I love already that there's, like, no carbonation in this <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. Well, and this is a bourbon barrel imperial red ale. And I'll let you read the rest of it off of the label, like, Ian. I'm, I'm going to pour this as hard as I can pour it. And I want to show you just how not carbonated yeah, that you is. You can do a Chris Hart pour and not get carbonation on this. <laughs> wow, look at that. Like Chris Hart is known for the hard it's pour a little, when it it's comes a little to syrupy. beer. Yeah. All right, so, Ian, what is the, what is the, bo uh, the bottle tell us? Bourbon barrel aged imperial red ale with cherries and spices. Mm. Uh, Primordial Noir is a blend of imperial red ale uh, ales Ooh. aged in bourbon and wine barrels for up to two years, and with uh, Northwest grown big cherries and spices. Bing cherries. Bing and cherries. Spices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a concentrated precursor to our uh, Sang Noir project, Primordial Noir features uh, a more robust bourbon and cherry aroma with notes of roast malt. So, molasses and baking spices. I'm assuming, and I haven't tried this yet, that this is going to go amazing with that last whiskey that we just well, had. Well, yeah, I'm guessing so. Now, I will say, this is a 2017. That's when it was bottled. So this has been resting for a while. And as you recall, Ian, we've occasionally had some things on the show that have been resting for a little too long, and they've, they've not worked out all that well. I have a little story about that. Um Further on this uh, label, our distinctive barrel-aged sour ales offer a complex <clears throat> array of flavors derived from the Northwest-grown ingredients. A pioneer in the sour beer renaissance since 2006 and the proud innovator of Northwest Sour Ale, uh, we are, by nature, the definition of an artisanal brewing. Uh, we are not bound by stylistic guidelines, just our own imagination and the ingredients we can access. Patch yourselves on the back, guys. That was awesome. Uh, I haven't Ooh. tried it yet. How Ooh. is it? I think you should. The nose reminds Completely, me. It smells oh like wine. Gosh. Completely unexpected. Although it smells like a port wine. It's gonna. It's gonna continue in what you're saying. Then it you may. Exactly you may be expecting well. it more than I was. I mean, it's true sour ale on that, but I mean, the nose reminds me again. If you've ever had Bing cherries, like mm -hmm. that, that was my mom used. Again, she's from Montana, so they have those like Bing right next to Washington State, and it's. It hits that right on the head. This, this is thing. fantastic. Yeah, it, it is. Sour. It, it is as as much like a sour wine as you could get and still be a beer. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Hmm. This leaves you salivating like ridiculously. Yes, absolutely. It's you a pa that. it's Pavlovian. It's just <laughs> like imagine the amount of salivation going on right now. If you had a row of 
like those push-in gold teeth right now, what, the sounds you would be making would be epic. You get that <laughs> Have you ever sat vinegar. next to somebody oh, that man. had those in, by the way? No, but you know what? I'd like to just right now, let's, let's just extend an open invitation to Paul Wall Hell to come yeah. on the show. Because first of all, he's a fascinating dude. And a great rapper. And secondly, he lives right here in our hometown. So, Paul, if you're out there, we'd love to have you come on, put one of your grills in, and let's see how that impacts the tasting process. Wouldn't that be awesome? The metallic. Maybe if he did copper, he could pull out some sulfur ooh, out of stuff. Ooh. I mean, it'd be interesting. This, is, this has a lot going on, but it's, you know what? Uh, I can't help but, but parallel this to wine. This is so wine-like. It very much is, yes. It's, wow. But, you know... How wine can be a bit subtle. Mm -hmm. This is not subtle at all. No. But it, it has that right in your face. It has that kind of uh, that that dark, rich wine kind of funk to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And as I said, you get that that light light vinegar note that goes to it that just <clears throat> yes. kind of cleans everything out of your palate and just makes it so you can go back for more. My gosh, but, yeah, Ian, you mentioned it though. You like mm -hmm. after you swallow this. Wait a second, and you just you just salivate for the next drink. Yeah, it's it's huge. This is absolutely wonderful. Mm. I mean, if you if you love sour beers, this is a must-have. And yeah, I my friend my friend Ralph right now is is kind of like going, hmm, something has changed in the. <laughs> now I will say I'm I'm a little burned out on a lot of the sours, mm -hmm. to be honest. Like like I like them, but it seems like there's been a lot of them, and so this though is completely to me in another league. From a lot of the sours, this isn't just a. Uh, this is a sour that just makes you go, mm, you know. Uh, Wiki Brian, by the way, is calling the way they uh, close this bottle corked and caged. I guess mm, that's the mm -hmm. terms. That works for me. Wiki Brian says hi. By the way, I saw him the other night. Oh, oh and, and back to my story. Um, yes, you were so going to tell past a story. prime age beers. Mm -hmm. So my buddy Joel. Yeah. Has moved. He had a walk-in cooler. <clears throat> Love that. And um By the way, how do you get a walk-in cooler in your house? That's well, he had awesome. it in his garage. Okay. But that's close enough to the house. Yeah. You for wait sure. for a restaurant to close down, you, you buy, buy the cooler. <laughs> his his walk-in cooler was almost the size of this room. Oh, I'm so envious <laughs> right now. So jealous. He has hundreds of beers in there, so he cleared them out, but a lot of them are past prime. Like we we uh, we had a, a get he had together a past prime get together. We had a get together at his house, and he just randomly pulled a bunch of bottles, and some of them, ooh, not so good. Some of them were great, um, but also uh, to to further the story. Last week we talked about Toscano cigars, mm -hmm. and uh, and I mentioned which end do I like <laughs> the cigar by, and she said, well, it doesn't matter. It's the same. Right, and she said, and a lot of people were uh, when there was a shortage of them, a lot of people would cut them right down the middle. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was brought up at our brew club meeting, and uh, and uh, so I cut that cigar in half and shared half of it with him. Ah, nice. Well, um, and it smoked way longer than it should have because it's well, very strange. On I know cigars. it is very strange how long those cigars smoke. So right. Toscano cigars are the ugliest cigars in existence. They're <laughs> hideous, mm -hmm. like old sausages. Uh, so they, they literally are what Clint Eastwood like. smoked yeah. in the movies. Yeah. That's the exact cigar, but. Um, they're ugly. I mean, they're wrapped <laughs> ugly. They're, and they're not bad. They're pretty good cigar, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, I'd be careful dropping them into your humidor. I noticed that they, because uh, I put some, you know, they gave us a nice handful of those. I took them home and put them in the humidor. And I noticed when I open the humidor now, that's all I can smell. So I don't know if I want my other cigars in there 
taking on that aroma, I may want to keep you that, said that. I'll, separate. I'll drop that. I have a second humidor that I put like yeah, maybe a second anything, humidor. anything that has any kind of uh, right. pungency, right? Yeah. Well, or, or like if you have some of those like Kentucky like Fire Cures yeah, right, right, or right. something like that. Yeah, that's sometimes that's the humidor they're, that they're best kept separate. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, this is a delightful beer. Uh, it's not. I a, like how funky it is. It's, it's so not an Super inexpensive beer, funky, but I can tell you, it's worth it. Like this is this is one if you have to splurge a little to buy a bottle of what these guys do. What does a bottle of this go for? Do you? Remember? I want to say that was about thirty four dollars. So that's that's a little but, pricey. But for, this uh, is kind of champagne. But like, I'm going to tell the, you, it's worth the, it. Like, yeah. Look at how much we're enjoying it, and it doesn't. Right. You don't want to drink a whole bottle of this yourself. Mm-hmm. And what you don't like, want you might do, actually though. turn inside out from puckering. But it's it's <laughs> it is a sour beer for sure. <laughs> what you don't want to do though is to buy a, a beer, a bottle of beer that is, you know, north of fifteen or sixteen dollars. And have it just be okay. Yeah. Like, you want that beer to be exceptional. And this one is The cherry flavor left on your lips. Mm-hmm. Is, it just sits there. Yeah. It's and so it's, good. And that's like exactly what you want it to do. Beautiful northeast cherries. Just, oh, man. Ian, I'm afraid I may have to have a little more of that. Yeah, you know, I already poured myself a little bit. So yeah, I see, that's the thing. From. When you do the pouring, you're on the other side of the uh, table here. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, yeah, this so. one, this is, see, this is one of those special things. You imagine having this with a with a good cherry pie. Oh man, I want a cherry pie now after having this. Um, so Robert Licorice is here. Robert is with uh, Iron Root Distilling, and um, obviously we're you know we're pretty unabashed fans from having your uh, products. Both when we've uh, been out to see you at some of the different conventions and and uh, and shows and stuff, but also from having you on the show before here. So it's been a real this treat. This is your third time. Yeah, it's been a real treat yeah. though getting to sample your uh, your new things. Yeah, watch out, Chris Hart, coming for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so, speaking of, by the way, uh, uh, one of our other most frequent guests, who was our guest host last week, Alan Denny. Did Alan have a good time? Did he enjoy himself? You know, I talked show? to him since then. Okay, we need. To... Uh, I need to give him a call. I mean, yeah. Chris did brag that he's he's surpassed Denny way more times now so that was oh, well, yeah. last time i talked to chris so well, that's gonna be Alan, interesting because get on it yeah well <clears throat> for a while those guys were actually in this sort of tight competition about it and that was when we you know got the uh comment on our reviews on uh, apple Podcasts that nobody cares about those guys so ever <laughs> since then ever since then you know that's been their sort of like sub headline it's like chris hart who nobody cares about, right? <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, but anyway, yes, uh, those guys are our buddies. We love having them on, and we always uh, like to plug Chris's show, the uh, Whiskey Beat. The friends Whiskey that you Beat make in podcast. this industry are priceless. It's uh, fun. Do you think it's because of the drinking? Do you think that's why? I think because it doesn't we hurt. share this love. <laughs> no, we share this love of great spirits and great beers and stuff. Like that's a that's a, a deeper bond than some other types of things you know i like to joke have you been around chris when you're not drinking i mean it's a- no <laughs> and i'm not okay. sure i would want to but but when you're drinking he's really fun to be around there's a lot of ginger there that's all i'm yeah. saying <laughs> comes from a redhead uh, okay i'm waiting we for have, that phone call we have one more and and let's hope you if you do record it we'll play it back on the show um uh so we have one more to try here now you have kind of blown us away with these previous ones what could possibly be left in the tank here? 
So this is a special release that's coming out this year. I, uh, I just want to point out that I love the hot sauce bottles yeah. that you just pulled the little. Yes. What do yeah, they call the that? Squirty top. Little dropper top. Because everybody else only gets a little tiny bit. That's that's. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel special. So this is this is a product that's going to be called apotheosis. So we have all sorts of fun names. And well, the good news is you didn't go for a, like a really you know sort of cheeky highfalutin. You should word. go yeah. for something that might be hard to spell. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, my brother makes sure I can't spell it because then he knows that's the right that, that's the right <laughs> word to use. So. Yeah, when I think of apotheosis, I think there was a big techno record called apotheosis. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I think of. But uh, okay, let's do it. So this is going to be our Harbinger bourbon that was three years old. I like it awesome. already. Yeah, I was going to say, you're starting out good here. And then we uh, spent the last year and a half in this particular one is in what's called a Pinot de Charente cask. So Pinot mm. de Charente is something they make in cognac because uh, they like to joke that they don't make very good table wine. So instead they make what they call Pinot. It's Spell different than like Pinot Noir. Right. So they actually take cognac and they back blend it with fresh pressed grape juice. They fortify it to 20% alcohol and they barrel age that for 10 years. And they serve that before and after dinner. It's like uh, your aperitif, digestif. Mm. But it's essentially like a port or a sherry, but there's no wine involved. Hmm. It's the same sort of thing. Um, it sounds like something would, that Doc's would know about, doesn't it? He de- well, Doc's got many bottles of this. I can promise okay. you. That. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh, so, and again, speaking of Doc's, uh, they were kind enough a few years ago to actually have us out to France and put us up in France, where we got to go out there and distill um, in cognac because of, because of Doc's um, and. That's where I fell in love with Pinot. He's that guy, yeah. you know. He really is. So when we brought, when we came back, we brought back barrels of Pinot with us, and that's what we, when we started making this particular product. That is so cool. I love it. I love it. Okay, this yeah is ridiculous. This yeah, is dessert. This is meaty, <laughs> and 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 huge on the palate. Like I'm just when I say meaty, nose. I mean it tastes like meat. I mean it's big. Like Viscous. it is so round on the palate. It's just enormous. And like it wow. doesn't, it doesn't go away too after you swallow. It's no, it still sure there. Doesn't. It's yes, like finishing dinner with this. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> that's is a there fan such right a there. thing as a dessert whiskey? Hundred mm. percent. Mm. <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, there's the whiskey goes with every every course of the meal. That's mm-hmm. that's the fun part about it. And and again, so we've gone with the heat on this, which is which is so far back that it actually comes back a little bit and gives you this great little hug. Mm-hmm. And this right. is it's a over return. 130 yeah. proof. This guy's 132 Ooh. proof. It's a heavy, heavy hitter. It's like Voodoo Child's slight return. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is yeah. Also, you can sanitize with it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to clean anything out for sure. <laughs> Holy moly, that's good. Though. I am feeling thoroughly sanitized by this. This is delicious. It's mm-hmm. uh, so there's chocolate. There's um, yeah. There's uh, just a wonderful. There's like an orange peel, like an orange yes. zest mm-hmm. going on in there. Mm-hmm. That's like like uh, like you know those orange uh, slices with the oh yeah with my, the chocolate my, covering. My grandma, kind of my grandma used to love yeah, those. Yeah, my mom loves those. Yeah. yeah, chocolate covered oranges. Oh yeah, that's that's what I meant to say. Thank you. No, no, I mean, that's my mom. She, <laughs> I, I, my, how did I mess that up? My mom's crazy. She uh, she drinks port like after dinner for fun, 
and she'll drink it with chocolate that's got orange peel in it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what this reminds me of. It's that's got that yeah. Chocolate so that's that's mm-hmm. exactly yeah. this is this is huge like that with a little it's cinnamon back there fantastic. with a little, and then it still has that super clean uh, mineral water going on in the back end of it. You know what I love about this show. Is in one segment we can uh, go from samples. the ridiculousness <laughs> of drinking news to the amazingness of this mm. in one segment. And we had the, the primordial noir in the middle mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, going back to it now. Man, uh, this one and the 70% malt, I, that's tough. I love the orange in this, though. It's so... It's so wow, yeah. It's, it's a little almost exotic how orange it it's is. It's kind of like your children. You don't want to pick a favorite. You know, you just want to... Love them all. Where they're and at. is this going to be released? So this will be this year will be distillery only. But we got a bunch of casks. Again, speaking of docks, docks, uh, we just got a bunch of barrels from Pierre Ferrand. Um, again, we're doing a barrel exchange. So we actually sent them a bunch of Harbinger barrels that they're going to be finishing some spirits in. So there's actually going to be a uh, Pierre Ferrand release. Well, I guess on their rum side uh, that are finished in our casks. Lovely. And then, we got a bunch of their barrels to finish our stuff in, so you will actually see uh, a bunch of rum cask, cognac cask, and then we're going to be doing a number of Pinot de Chirant releases as well. Awesome. Oh, so yeah. That is this so is coming fun. Everywhere, is so. How great is that? Well, this is just fantastic. I mean, not that anything hasn't been, but it's just, uh, it's just more. What I love about this whole process is people crafting great things, and then people like you and I get to take those things and share them like it's a it's a uh i don't know maybe it's because we've all been in lockdown for the last year but this feeling of like community is is a really wonderful warm and welcoming kind of thing this is so when you're sharing something together like this and you're really enjoying it together and you're like yeah i'm not like just locked in my house by myself you know what i mean you know i was about to ask you if I could have some more. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's so now, good. Yeah. Ian, have you gone back to the Primordial Noir 2017? I have not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it's I drank all mine. It's interesting. Is there any more in the bottle? Or you? Yeah, oh, yeah, there's more? some in the bottle. Well, it's interesting because it loses a bit of the impact of the tartness, but you can still tell Cherry. it is there. Yeah. It's just got a little more of a, of a bourbon-y whiskey thing going on when you... When you go back to it, I feel like oh, it makes it boozy tart. Mm-hmm. Yes, really, yes, really exactly. interesting. Exactly. Wow, mm. it's still real good though. It's different, it is. but good. It's really good. Wow, and it is. Fun. It is like if you just peeled all your cherries and chewed on the skins. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that in the mm-hmm. best possible. I know that's kind of a grisly way to put it, but in the best possible way, it's no, like it's that cherry tannin, like the you know when you yeah. get when you've eaten a mm. bunch of cherries and you have a little bit of the cherry skin stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I tell you what we're going to do. As tough as this is to make a decision to do, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll close up the show. If there's anything, you know, any final thoughts you have about all this stuff that we've tried. And one thing I'll be asking you, we'll take a break first, is uh, what this is going to retail for. So we'll, yep. uh, we'll reveal that and uh, wrap up the show for number 236, Iron Root Distilling in the House, coming up. Welcome back. It's 
smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Please do check out and patronize them, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Yes. All right. Ian, I'm going to blast through this list because I can't I can't hold on to it another week. I know we only have a, our final short segment here. Warm it up, Chris. But Hop Cultures... I'm about to. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to get that, did you? Because <laughs> that's what I was born to do. <laughs> All, right. All um, right. Most people aren't going to get that, but that's, that's, and that's okay. Our, and probably it's best that they don't, <laughs> is what I'm thinking. But uh, okay. All right. Ready? Here we go. Um, Hop Culture's 20 Best Breweries of 2020. We got to do this because it's about to be like the middle of the year. All right, let's do it. Fire right. it up. Uh, our mutual friend Brewing out of Denver, Colorado. I am not familiar with them, but uh, I but I want to be, and I have to plan a trip to Colorado soon. Uh, Yeast of Eden, my favorite brewery Yeast name so far. Eden. Yeast of Eden <laughs> in Carmel by the Sea, California. I'm so going there. I'm going to plan a California vacation right now just so I can go to Yeast of Eden. Yeast. Eighth State Brewing Company in Greenville, South Carolina. And I'm skipping all the details on these because I just want to give you the list. Green Bench Brewing Company, Web City Cellar in St. Petersburg, Florida. Other Half Brewing in Brooklyn, New York. And we've okay. had a number of other half beers mm-hmm. on the show. And by the way, they are fantastic, so I'm glad they made the list. Humble Sea Brewing Company in Santa Cruz, California. Not familiar with them, uh-uh. but I want to be. Um, Two Roads Brewing out of Stratford, Connecticut. Uh, I have heard of them, but I don't think I have had a chance to sample any of their beers. Now, this one we've had, Great Notion Brewing Company out mm-hmm. of Portland, Oregon. And we've had some of their beers, and they've been terrific. Uh, Hoof Hearted Brewing Company. We've had of, that before. Out of Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, maybe the second best name after uh, Yeast of Eden. Hoof Hearted. Um, in uh, Doral, Florida, there's Tripping Animals Brewing Company. Nope. I don't know if that means animals that you like cause to yeah, stumble which, which in direction is that going? Or if it has another meaning. That, that is a double entendre, yeah, sir. Yeah, but, but they are in there. So remember these because you may want to try these out, try to seek out some of these beers. From Fort Monroe, Virginia, Oozle Finch Beers and Blending. That's fun to say. Oozle Finch. I like the name. Yep. Um, no from. Uh, and finally, from San Antonio, Texas, Weathered Souls mm-hmm. Brewing there Company, which is uh, very cool to see one of our local uh, or, or area regional breweries. Be, I like that the represented so. that here in Texas we consider a four and a half hour drive or a four yeah, hour drive that's local. local. That's local. <laughs> yeah, that's local. Uh, you know, it's just San Antonio. <laughs> if there's if there is a, a, a Bucky's in between here and there, it's local. So, uh, yeah. I, my sister moved to Georgia years ago, mm-hmm. and it used to take me from my house to her house 10 hours to get there. She called me and said, hey, we're moving to Lubbock. It took me 11 hours to get to Lubbock, <laughs> and she was in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so I told Going to Georgia was four or five states I went through. When I was in my 20s, <laughs> I was living in San Antonio, and I decided to move to Los Angeles. And I packed up my car, and I headed west from San Antonio to Los Angeles. The first half of the drive was Texas. The second half of the drive was all the other states yep. in between <laughs> Texas and California. From, from, from Houston uh, 
to California, the halfway point is El Paso. El Paso, Texas. And there's still another, like, 30 or 40 minutes of Texas past El Paso. Yeah, that's right, which is crazy. <laughs> you think, okay, I've gotten there. It's done. Uh, so, um, so Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Promethean, as always, is fantastic. But we've loved being able to sample these new things. Uh, run them by me again as to when people can expect to see these. So we've got St. Sally that's going to be dropping next month in July. In the uh, $50 range, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the $50 range. We've got the Tups that's going to be dropping uh, sometime next year, again, whenever they as open. Still, as still untitled, but it's your collaboration yeah. with Tups, right? So It's called it's, Yummy Tummy. Yeah, <laughs> yummy Tummy uh, Malt Whiskey. Um, <laughs> Loved that, by the way. So, and then we'll have uh, the Pinot de Charente, uh, the Apotheosis will drop two different apotheoses this year we've got the pinot and then we also have another armagnac finish and those are going to be right around 65 bucks and they're going to be dropping uh both this year so wow and these are all i just i just have to like celebrate the fact that these are all like 65 dollar or under bottles and that's i have to know fantastic. when that uh, apotheosis hits the market yeah, i'm buying that pretty awesome <laughs> stuff yeah, i'll let you know just pretty awesome stuff well robert thank you for being here and for bringing such awesome new things this has been uh, terrific next time you're here we will pop corn and uh let's do it and and we will look forward to look it look at how crazy red and cool that corn looks i know it's awesome and this corn is uh, just Ooh. like that's, that's even corn. better that's corn. Purple corn. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> purple yeah. corn. That's a, that's so purple, it's almost like uh, indigo. Uh, it's really awesome. Is this the butcher's? No, that actually is the, the flint corn that we use called uh, Floriani. Well, it's great stuff is what it is. Yeah, it's not going to smell like <laughs> Dried corn well, kind of smells like dried corn for the most part. It's, it's always fun to, you know, you grind to, it up, to check out. Yeah. yeah. Um, next week's show, Ian, we will be uh, thrilled to welcome our old friend uh, Trenton from Oliva Cigars. Awesome. We'll be smoking, we'll be drinking, and uh, we, have a, uh, we have a location set for that Working yet? on location for that. Okay, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then um, on uh, the 17th. I will be gone once again. This time I'll really be gone. I won't be able to pod crash. Uh, so that's when you're going to be uh, co-hosting the show with uh, an as-yet-unnamed uh, That's co-host. That's when I get to talk. Right. I'm working on a co-host. Uh, I have uh, I have one you in mind that out. is not uh, uh, confirmed yet, but I okay. think it's going to be fun. All right. Well, And we've got lots of fun things on the way uh, beyond that. Robert, thank you uh, again so much. Uh, you guys, please keep doing what you do because... We love your experimentation. We love your collaborations. I think that's so cool. I think collaborations really, in many ways, are the future of the craft part of uh, what we do. I agree. Yeah? I agree. It's just it's just so awesome. Is it going to be just like the music industry where every song that comes out is this artist featuring, featuring that artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the and uh, then a I list of hope. seventeen <laughs> songwriters. It's the drinking news for theme something song. that took one yeah. keyboard. Yeah, it's the drinking news theme song from Ian Barry featuring. You know, uh, Robert Licker. Robert Licker right. from, yeah, yes. uh, from Ironwood Stilling. Plinking one note on there. Yeah, uh, I love it. So, uh, thank you, folks, for uh, joining us for Smoking and Toasting this week. We are. He has now contributed. Uh, that's right. <laughs> it, it, you get a featured. Uh, you get a featured thing. Uh, thank you, folks, for being a part of the show this week. We appreciate it. We'll see you again next week. And until we all meet again with drinks in our hand, uh, uh, cheers. Cheers. Y'all. Oh. Yeah, you got a toast I? there, buddy. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Bruce Stark says, new wine for old people. You know more. <laughs> Keep me out of the bed. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sunshine is so good to you. We never let that song play so far. That bass line's great. It is great.